For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Here with the Spirit is saying to the church.
remember one particular person who came to the commission and had a tremendous effect on us. His name was Claude. And Claude came like others, uh, seeking to discern whether or not he was called to be a priest. And we always asked the question, something like, why do you believe you're called to be a priest? So we asked him, and he said, God told me so. But we were a little taken aback by that. So we pursued that a little further. And he insisted that he was driving once from Aberdeen, South Dakota, out to the Black Hills, across northern South Dakota. It's in the summer. And there's not much to distract you when you're driving up there. And he said that he heard God, audibly heard God call him, saving him, to be a priest. Well, the commission struggled with that after he had left. We talked about, can we believe this? Is it possible that this is how he was called? And we finally decided that it was. That was important in my own understanding of Paul, I think, in some ways. And then I was reading the other evening the ministry statements that the five candidates for nominees for bishops of Massachusetts had written. And I think two of them indicate in their, in their uh, uh, description that part of their spiritual journey was that God had spoken to them. Now, I'm beginning to feel a little, a little left out. <laughs> They had a relationship, I 
So Jesus then finally one day comes to them and says, okay guys, decide. Are you going to be a disciple of mine or not? And they immediately drop their heads and follow him. The other day, I think a few weeks back, we had the Concord Women's Chorus giving a concert here. And I was reading in the, in the notes provided in the brochure, uh, notes provided on, about the biography of one of the instrumentalists. And that instrumentalist had listed the people that she had studied And I think that's the kind of relationship that these disciples had to Jesus. They were seeking out a rabbi that they would study with. And it would be Rabbi Jesus. That was the relationship. I think the relationship is at the heart of our faith. And Jesus also calls them to something specific. He says, I'll make you fishers of people. Now, down through the centuries, we have come to interpret that as, uh, I would say, but full evangelism. You know, go out and catch some folks for Jesus. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about relationships again, about being in healthy relationships with other people, and in those relationships, you live out what you understand of the gospel. And when I was in discernment about whether or not I should pursue ordination, I met with a bishop who said something that was very wise to me. He was sort of challenging me in terms of whether or not I was really called to be a priest. And he said, the thing you need to remember is that with every ordination, ministry is narrowed. He said, when you're a lay person, you have limitless ministry. You can do so many things. You can touch so many lives. When a person is ordained a deacon, they're given a specific ministry of taking the gospel into the world and bringing the cares of the world into the church. When you are ordained a priest, you then have a sacramental ministry that is focused around altar and font, and also a ministry of pastoral care, often with a particular congregation for that ministry is narrow. And if you have the misfortune of being consecrated to bishop, <laughs> every Sunday it is confirmation, is what he said. In that diocese, the confirmation was done in the churches, it was done in visitation, and literally for the bishop, every Sunday was confirmation. I thought that was extremely helpful. And as I thought about my life as a lay person, I had lived a rich life of ministry. So I don't think that it's, it's about vocation, necessarily. I don't think it's about uh, living out the Christian faith in our work, but it can be. What I think it's about is living out our life as Christians in relationship. I believe that uh, one of the things for our church and probably for other denominations as well is that we have become too clerical. It's been too focused on the priesthood, too focused on, minister, on the ministers standing in front of the congregation. The power of the church is in the lay. It's not in its ministers, but it's in those ministers. And I hope that you can get a sense that you are the ministers of the church. You are the ones who live out what it is to be a Christian, what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In all of the relationships that you have, in your work life, in your family, among your friends, in your serve community, you have a tremendous opportunity to serve Christ as disciples. Today I would ask that you give some thought to those important relationships Maybe identify one person that you would pray for today and ask God to show you what you might do that would make a difference in that person's life and how you might express your faith in that relationship. Most of all, I want to thank you for the fact that you are living in the faith. And I pray God's blessing upon your ministries this day and all.
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the Diocese of Amazon, Brazil, for Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, and for unity in the worldwide Anglican community. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we give thanks for the ministries of Christ Church, Cambridge, St. Bartholomew's Church, Cambridge, St. James Church, Cambridge, the Society of St. John the Evangelist, Cambridge, the Diocesan Business Systems and Property Consultants, and the Bishop Search Process. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. I ask your prayers for Catherine, our presiding bishop, for Tom and Gail, our bishops, for our priests, Tony and Becky, and for Rob, Maureen, Judy, Janet, and Spencer, our priest associates. We pray for all bishops and priests and deacons. I ask your prayers for Barack, our president, and for all our governors. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. We pray that an awareness of your presence is with us as we prepare to build a new parish house. Let us prayerfully listen to the Holy Spirit as we create a space to better minister to the needs of our community and the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. We pray for Tom, Matthew, the Carter family and Graham, Sebastian, Elizabeth, Sarah, Richie, Neil, Barbara, Jerry, Aliona, Nan, Simone, Philip, Jenna, the Reverend Stephen, Don, Susan, Deborah, Frida, Bob, Judy, Bonnie, Doug, Demi, Selma, Anna, Molly, Suyan, Sophie, Jane, Harriet, Wayne, Eric, Don, Helen, A.D., Liz, those without jobs, those serving in the military, and all who work for peace. Are there others? Have compassion on those who suffer from any great trouble. Give to the departing eternal rest. Thank you. 
So next weekend, I will be here um, and showing you the plans and moving forward, hopefully, so that everyone will understand where we stand. Um, everyone's very excited. Um, it's looking great. And we hope to be building <laughs> soon.
God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken to the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, and we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacraments of the body of Christ, and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country, where with all of your saints we may enter the everlasting heritage of your Son and daughters. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
congregation, I thank you for bearing this holy gift that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, and that we all share one bread, one cup. May Christ, the Son of God, be manifest in you, that your lives may be a light to the world. And the blessing of God Almighty. 